With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to my show. It's a special edition, a Monday morning edition, a Labor Day end of the summer edition of the Master Plan. My name is J. Uh, my name is J. T. A.K.A. The Master, and like always on The Master Plan, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. Say that again, 637-347. Let me try that again. 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to J.T., The Master, and quite naturally, that would be me. All right. Labor Day, like I said, just three days away, away, where they play for pay in the NFL. NFL season starts off just as it ended. With a rematch of the Super Bowl, the Denver Broncos host the Carolina Panthers in a revenge game for the Carolina Panthers, especially for Cam Newton and his humiliating defeat from the uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos, uh, excuse me, the Carolina Panthers had all year all last six, seven months, whatever it may be, since last February. Six months, and then some, to stew, take in, accept, whatever you want, whatever term you want to say about what took place in the Super Bowl. And now they get a chance to seek revenge. And a lot has changed, people. A lot has changed since the last time these two teams met. Defensive players have left. Because and reap the rewards quite naturally. It always happens in a, uh, a Super Bowl team. It never can seem to keep all their players. 
Some of them are were in free agency after the regular season, well after the postseason, and uh, decide to take their wares to another uh, team with a big contract, to Jaguars or other parts, and other players into the sunset. Pey- Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler goes to my team, the Houston Texans. They bring in uh, a rookie that they drafted, Paxton Lynch. They bring in a veteran who's been a, right now he's a journeyman, Mark Sanchez. And they have one quarterback that's still on their roster, Trevor Simeon. And guess what? Everybody that had any kind of football IQ, and even if they didn't have any football IQ, but knew what was going on. When they got Mark Sanchez, figured Mark Sanchez was going to be the captain of that ship. I mean, more or less, he's going up against an inexperienced quarterback who's only taken one snap with Trevor Simeon, and I do believe with just a kneel down. And a rookie quarterback by all intents and purposes, is raw and needs to at least sit for a year, a season, because of knowledge of the game, his ability to transition into the NFL, and the type of offense and and, um, quarterback skills that he needs to be able to function effectively in the NFL. And who wins the starting job and who is given the boot? Mark Sanchez is given the boot when he more or less had this handed to him. How bad can Mark Sanchez be? And uh, we'll talk about him more, but I want to talk about him just being on the Broncos right now. He goes through OTAs. He goes through off-season minicamp. He goes to training camp, and he can't beat out a quarterback that's never played any significant time in an NFL game, regular season game, and a rookie quarterback that was taken late in the first round. How bad can that be? You had the job handed to you, a Super Bowl winning Team. Very good running game. Super Bowl winning. Uh, uh, anybody who watched the Super Bowl know who won that? Who won the? Who won the game? Who the defense? And you can't beat out possibly the most experienced quarterback um, quarterbacks on an NFL team this year. I I, I I fathom to think of any other core of quarterbacks on any other team that was as inexperienced as Denver. And Mark Sanchez, who's been in the league, what, six, seven years? Can't beat him out. Look horrible. He looked ter- absolutely terrible. And what happens? Trevor Simeon 
is going up against the Carolina Panthers on September 8th. First NFL game. And, like I said, a rematch of the last Super Bowl. But this is the last Super Bowl was in a neutral field. This is in Denver, Mile High Stadium. Sports, excuse me, Sports Authority Field at Mile High, to be exact. No paint Manning. But on the other side, Josh Norman is no longer with the Panthers. That was strange. First, they were going to put the uh, uh, franchise tag on him and and wanted to keep him. And, but for whatever reason, I don't know if – and I got reservations about the owner. Um, I'll just say that I think the owner is a good old boy, and I'll leave it at that. Those who know what I'm saying know what I'm saying, and I'll just leave it at that. And – I gather, being as frugal as that team is and as conservative-minded as that team is, front office-wise, the likes of Josh Norman was not something that, that they wanted to deal with. So... Josh Norman franchise tag was rescinded and uh and uh he was um given his free agency and he signed with the uh Washington Redskins <laughs> and that's pretty pretty ironic too for the simple fact that um Now Josh Norman is in the uh, NFC East with the Washington Redskins, and you know who he goes against twice a year. Did the name Odell Beckham Jr. ring a bell? And you have to think that... Hello? Yes. I didn't. Well, I like, I'm I'm talking, and I would like to know if you can hear me or not. I can hear you. Okay. Um. Thank you. Um. I'll talk to you later. Now, what I'm saying is this. Sorry about that, folks. I had to test something out. Um. And, and that was the only way I could do that. I had a phone call, and the phone call, for whatever reason, dropped off, and I didn't know if they, they could hear me or not. So I digress. Let me go back to what my point was. So Josh Norman leaves the Carolina Panthers and goes to the Washington Redskins and faces, for the most part, because these guys have been going back and forth verbally uh, and um, media-wise, 
social media wise about their huge like for each other. I'm, and I'm saying that sarcastically because they both, they both these guys dislike each other. And it's going to be drama filled football when these two teams match up against each other uh, in the upcoming season. And you can best believe all eyes will be on uh, the NFC East, Washington Redskins, and the uh, New York Football Giants, uh, Norman versus Odell Beckham, uh, when uh, that comes up. But let's get back to the first game on the NFL season, which is, like I said, a rematch of Super Bowl. And what Carolina is possibly feeling about going to Denver and maybe not facing the same uh, squad as they faced in the Super Bowl, but facing a Denver defense that wants to prove a point that it was no fluke that they beat the Carolina Panthers. And if I'm not mistaken, the Carolina Panthers were favored against Denver in that game. And got humiliated. And in, in particular, Cam Newton. Everyone knows that uh, who's followed the um, press conference that was after the, after the Super Bowl, that Cam Newton didn't take losing well. Walked out of the uh, his press conference after or uh, game interviews. And... and uh, was very stern in his, in his approach when uh, uh, asked several questions. And the awkwardness of hearing a Carolina Panther, I mean, excuse me, a Bronco, gloating about the win in the Super Bowl, and he could hear it. And along with the reporters questioning him about the Super Bowl and hearing a Denver Bronco within, uh, I say shouting distance, but I'll say that, within shouting distance, not in the same room, but in the adjoining room, which he could hear what was going, what's being said. Added fuel to the fire and caused him, Cam Newton to walk out. Not saying it was right. I'm just saying it caused him to walk out. Now, let me permit. Let me say this. On Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, if you've been following any of the shows, the shows that I'm on, or any of our shows in the FSP, FSP brand that uh, we have the FSP Crew Show on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every each and every Thursday. Well, the game starts at 8.30. We'll be talking about that, Jeff and I, and anyone, anyone else that jumps in on at the time, about the game. And, quite naturally, up-and-coming games on that historic date of September 11th. On Saturday, the FSP show, hosted by Victor Gardner, co-hosted by myself, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
Like I said, it's on a Saturday. We also would be talking about the same things. Victor, Victor, give his perspective and what he thinks of what uh, will take place. And uh, I'll give my perspective in a limited basis. And the only reason why I say it's going to be on a limited basis, because this, this is a special show. Don't normally do it on a Monday. But I had a draft yesterday that I ran myself. So I, time constraints prevented me from doing the show on Sunday. So I wanted to do one on Monday. But I'll be back on Sunday, each and every Sunday, barring some unforeseen circumstance, talking about fantasy football. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is the master plan. You know that. If you've been following me, you know that. September 11th, Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, talking strictly fantasy football. I'll be breaking down like I've been doing for the last few years, breaking every game down fantasy-wise. Green Bay, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Baltimore, Chicago versus my Houston Texans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, on Saturday, we'll be talking who wins, who loses. And point spread, give or take, I think that Victor likes to get into that. On Sunday, I'm not talking wins and losses. I'm just talking strictly who's going to give you the most fantasy points and who's going to struggle against whatever defense. That's what I do. That's what's going to take place on Sunday on a master plan. From game one on, on Sunday to, to the last game at the night game on Sunday. Usually my show is, is, is an hour. But on, when Fantasy Week starts, now I know this. Let me put it this way. On Sunday, next Sunday, and on every Sunday now, there's a lot of shows out there. ESPN has their fantasy football show. CBS has their fantasy football. Uh, uh, NFL Network has theirs, and also Yahoo. That's fine. That's fine. You know, when I, before those shows started early, I mean early, early, I was here. I'm not telling you. I I, I give the, the the best knowledge. Everybody has their flavor. Everybody knows who they want to li- listen to. But I, you know. And, and and I'll tell you this. I've said a lot of things on this show, fantasy football-wise, that show up either later in the day or the following week. Not the week that I said it, the following week. Now, I'm not saying anybody follows me. I'm just saying some of these shows may be a week behind in some of the stuff I can give you. And I'm not saying that I got any kind of Crazy insider information. A lot of what I give you, <clears throat> besides the statistics and what I'm looking at and matchups, is a gut. And my gut has been serving me very well. Now, I'm not saying everything's a gut because with fantasy football, 
you got to make a decisions about when you see numbers and your gut, besides the uh, data you see in front of you, your gut has to tell you which way to go. If, if, if it's one way or the other, it, you got two players in your hand and they look equal, your gut is going to tell you. You, you, you can look all this at the statistics all you want, but your gut is going to tell you who you feel better with. Player A, player B, and you have to make that decision. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it don't, doesn't. But that's all with any of your players in fantasy football. You can have the best matchup in the world with a player. It was a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver, tight end. Your defense is going against one of the worst offenses in the league. And then the defense gets hammered. You can't predict that. You can only put, put your players or you put your player. Yeah, put your players that are on your roster in the best possible that you see, the best possible situation that you think they're going to succeed. You can't see the unforeseen. If you could, you wouldn't, you would never lose. You would never lose. Everybody loses in fantasy football. Everybody has a bad call in fantasy football, bad trade, bad pickup. It happens. That that's just the nature of the beast. It's not – these players aren't robots. These teams don't have a bunch of robots. So something unforeseen happens, you can't control that. That's, that's part of uh, the uh, – what you what, – and it's fu- very frustrating, especially – let me put it this way. Season, seasoned people of fantasy football get frustrated. And imagine someone who's playing – fantasy football for the first time and you put the players in there that you think are going you read all the articles you listen to people like me or whoever and you put the players the best players you think in the position that you're going to give you the most points and to and defeat your opponent and it doesn't happen for some reason uh your wide receivers can't seem to catch the ball your running back for whatever reason, can't, can't seem to hold on the ball. He keeps fumbling or uh, has a bad day running the football. Your quarterback, uh, for whatever reason, throws a bunch of picks and has the worst, and it's happened, has the worst uh, day of his um, career. And it causes you to lose. First time players of fantasy football and even seasoned, seasoned people that have been playing it for years, decades, shake their head and can't figure it out. Just like players from week to week, got to shake it off, chalk it up and start all over again. Be confident in your team. If you think you need to adjust, that's what they have the waiver wire for. If you think you need to uh, try to pull off a trade, there's many vehicles out there that will help you, uh, put the uh, a trade together. If you have no idea how to trade, put a trade together to try acquire a player that you would like, and, and a player that you would like to give up in order to get the player that you would like. Do it all the time. Um, I'm a people know, in every league I know know I like to trade. Know I like to trade. Um, 
Always looking to improve my team. Always, no team that I've ever had is a perfect team. No team. There's always a weakness. Not every, te- not every team that you have is the absolute perfect team. It's always a weakness. And if there's a way to improve your team throughout the season in order for you to get into the playoffs, and I've seen the key, the, the main goal of anybody that's playing fantasy football, quite naturally, is to win week to week. And at the end of the regular season in fantasy football, be eligible to get in the playoffs. The key is to get in the playoffs. If you don't get in the playoffs, you can't win the championship. And that's the whole key. You got to be in it to win it. And hopefully, during this 2016 NFL and fantasy football season, if you listen to any of our shows, mine in particular, because I key on, specifically fantasy football on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's the master plan. I can get you to that promised land. The promised land for me is the playoffs. The ultimate reward for me is the championship. The promised land, as I call it, promise you to he promised you to have a, have a shot. So regardless of what your team looks like, your team is not going to be that unless there's no trading in your league and there's no waiver wire activity in your league. Your team, what you as you have it now, as, as you drafted, or if you've moved people off and on of your roster through the waiver wire, because your drafts are over. Then uh, your team that, that you have now won't be the same as, as it is uh, the end of the year. That's all I can tell you. At the end of the year, I'm trying to get you into the playoffs. That's what I'm trying to do. That should be the ultimate goal. To be playoff bound, to be one of the four of a 10, one of the six of a 14 or eight of a 14 to get you into the playoffs. That's the ultimate goal, to make sure that you have a shot to win it all. So if you tune in, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Sunday, like I said, I break down each and every game and the fantasy relevance of that game I'm talking about and players that you should go out and get. If you don't have them, they may be sitting on your waiver wire. Go out and get them and put them in your lineup and 
reap the rewards. So I'll be having, besides the players that each or every one of you may have on your roster, I'll be talking about sleepers, guys to look out for, uh, players who, who are on the come, uh, are, are g- gathering momentum, uh, either a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end that may emerge. That's what I'll be doing. So hopefully you'll hang with me for the um, from now the starting next next Sunday, which is uh, the remembrance of September 11th, all around the league. There'll be uh, uh, remembrances of those who died in New York on September 11th. <clears throat> Excuse me, those who passed away uh, from a terroristic act in different parts of the country. I should say, not just New York, on 9-11. That memorable day that uh, a terrorist attack, well, several terrorist attacks took our fellow Americans away from us. But there's football to be be played there. And that football, we'll be talking about. Now, I know I'm rambling on. I've been rambling on for about a half an hour. Let's talk about Carolina and the Denver Broncos. And the the fantasy relevance. This is on a Thursday night, so I'll talk about it now. The fantasy relevance in this game. Uh, But before I do that, let me let's take a uh, couple two minute break, and uh, when we be back, we'll be talking about that. All right, be right back. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry the Master Taylor will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. 
You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. All right, people, we are back. Uh, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be talking about the um, (sighs) Carolina Panthers versus the um, Denver Broncos in Denver, in Denver. It's going to be very interesting to see this. Who gets the best of who in this uh, classic matchup of uh, football powers? Uh, each one has a strong defense. Carolina led by Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Uh, Josh, like I said, Josh Norman's no longer there. He's with the uh, Washington Redskins. And Von Miller and company, DeMarcus Ware, in that vaunted path rush and that defense, that was one of the best, if not the best defense last year. Like I said, lost some pieces. How much is it going to affect what they do against the uh, Panthers, or is it going to be the same old story? You know, there's an old adage in boxing, style makes fights, and certain styles, no matter what you do uh, when uh, two boxers fight several times um, and one of them keeps losing to the other, uh, style makes fights. No matter what uh, the, the loser keeps doing, he can't seem to fight. He can't seem to defeat his, his opponent because the fact is, Style make fights, and certain styles don't match up to what uh, or can't win against certain certain uh, fighters. And I think this may be the case with the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. Uh, Wayne Phillips took had two weeks to defend against Cam Newton before they got to the Super Bowl and defensed them well with a hellified pass rush led by Von Miller, who was the MVP, like you all know. And uh, I don't think it's going to be too much a difference, especially the fact is first game of the season. These offenses really, really, even though they went through practices, I don't know, practicing, and they had a dress rehearsal, uh, really, on the game three, but to play a full game, I don't know. I, I, I just say, I don't know. I think it's going to be the same result. So for your Cam Newton fans, for your Cam Newton owners, that you're used to Cam Newton dominating, doing his thing, being Cam Newton, not this game. You're going to be disappointed. They're playing in Denver, for one. Altitude is different. 
uh, players can say whatever they want, but once they get on the ground and start playing the game, if you're not used to that altitude, mile high, they don't call it mile high for no reason. If you're not used to that altitude, now you're going from a extremely humid, warm climate on in, in, in the south, in the south, in North Carolina, to going all the way across the country to a different type of different type of air, so to speak, mile high. You can't prepare for that. It's different. It's different. Different city, different time zone, different air. The offense is going to be behind the defense early in this season. And I got to believe that Carolina is going to try to run the ball a lot. Cam Newton is not going to be. They have one of the best secondaries in the league. Cam Newton is not going to be that successful. I hate to tell you or disappoint Cam Newton owners. But you be prepared. I know as much as Cam Newton has been all world, be prepared to see some of the same things you saw in the Super Bowl. Cam Newton hurried. Cam Newton uh, rushed. Cam Newton flushed out of the pocket. Cam Newton sacked. If I was you, right naturally, and a lot of people do, I would definitely have the Denver defense on my roster. Definitely play him in this game. Absolutely, without a doubt, play him in this game. Because they're going to they're gonna sack Cam Newton at least twice. At least twice in this game. I think they're going to pick him off at least once in this game. At least once. Now, I know they have professional offensive coordinator and, and defensive coordinator, but I'm telling you, just if you watch the game from an objective point of view, I'm talking about the Super Bowl, and you realize how dominating the defense in Denver. They've lost pieces. I understand that. But the, the philosophy and Wade Phillips being the defensive coordinator and having now not two weeks but months to prepare for this game. You think they haven't thought about this game just like Carolina? You think Denver hasn't thought about this game just like Carolina? These guys get paid millions of dollars, whether it's the coaches, front office, or the players. They get paid millions of dollars. Give it away. They get they, everyone has a specific job, and they are paid according to their job, and paid to be able to have enough foresight to realize Carolina is coming in here to seek revenge. You think Denver doesn't know that? You think Denver doesn't want that to happen? You think that even though they have a virtually a rookie quarterback starting for Denver that they're not going to rely on their defense to control this game and Cam Newton uh, 
kept under control. Cam Newton's going to throw for about 250 yards. Uh, probably maybe one touchdown. I'll say I'll give, I'll give him one touchdown. He's not going to have a Cam Newton day. I tell you that right now. 250, one touchdown. At least one pick. At least one pick. At least one pick. I don't think this game is a Carolina game. I don't. Now, I know that Greg Olson should have a decent day in the middle of the field. He always, always seems to have a decent day. Cam Newton relies on Greg Olson when all else fails. Throw it to Nelson. So I, I'm thinking Greg Nelson has five catches, 50 to 60 yards, somewhere around there. I don't think he catches a touchdown in this, ca- in this case. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think he catches that touchdown. I don't even think Calvin Benjamin catches a touchdown. I think it's Devin Funches. I know they're going to try to get Calvin uh, in the game, but Calvin's coming off an injury, and they want to – and he hasn't played a lot of snaps, enough snaps to warrant uh, a full workload, as in a healthy Devin Funches, a healthy Greg Olson. So you Calvin Benjamin, I know that high expectations, and it could go the exact opposite way. Calvin Benjamin may have a big day. I don't think it's going to happen for the Carolina Panthers. Both these defenses are pretty stout. So I think this is going to be a tough game for both teams. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You're dealing with a young quarterback with a team that likes to put pressure on a quarterback and play very good backside defense and try to control the middle of the field with their linebackers. I think that uh, this is a close game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, and uh, there's not, a, in my opinion, there's not a lot of fantasy goodness in here. And I could be totally off base, but you, you, you're, you're dealing with two, two teams that have extremely strong defenses, extremely strong defenses, and um, out to prove a point against each other for whatever reason that they have, whether it's revenge or to repeat what they, what they, what they did in the Super Bowl. That's all I have to say about that. I, I, I don't want to give you numbers because I think the numbers that are going to show up here are going to be disappointing to a lot of people. I don't, like I said, I think I, I'll give you this. I think, Trevor Simeon throws for 180, 190, somewhere around there. I don't think he gets over 200 yards thrown. Uh, I think he throws at least one pick. I I do believe that's going to happen. And I think he's going to get sacked several times because he has a tendency to hold on to the football. And because of the defense of the Carolina Panthers. 
kicker's game. I think that's going to be a kicker's game. Uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Who's going to have the best? Wow. Those two guys. It's a wait and see on how Trevor Simeon plays. It's a wait and see. Don't have any game tape on him. Just any effective game tape on him. So, and I, I know I made about a 180, 190. I don't think he threw for over 200 yards. I really don't. They're going to try to run the football. Both these teams are run-based. Run-based offenses. Jonathan Stewart on one end, C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker on the other. Sprinkling a little Cameron Artist Payne behind Jonathan Stewart. But I think both these teams run a, want to run the football and play sound defense. One team has a, better, a lot better quarterback than the other. The other quarterback, like I said, is inexperienced. Extremely inexperienced. Low-scoring game. Defenses get the best of the offenses. Offenses haven't caught up. Give them two, three weeks for the offenses to catch up, catch, get some type of rhythm. Defensive-minded game. Not a lot of fantasy goodness in this game. Like I said, I think Cam Newton throws for about two, 225, 250, somewhere around there. I don't think he has a Cam Newton day. I, I really don't. Not in the mile high. Not the first game against the Broncos. And at least a couple, he, he takes a couple sacks and at least one pick, which is not a good game for Cam Newton. Not to say that he's not going to have MB, another MVP-type season, but not against the Broncos. Not against the Broncos. I think this is a runner's game. Jonathan Stewart, C.J. Anderson, they're running these are running type offenses anyway. They're 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 keys to run the football first, including Cam Newton. Now Cam Cam may have a good running day. That's all that's all possible. But I don't think he has a, a Cam Newton type day. I got a call from the six one nine. Let me jump in here and, and see what he's got to say. Caller from the 619. Welcome to the Master Plan. Thank you for calling. State your name and tell me what you have to say. Uh, this is James, man. What's going on? How you doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Just uh, just call in and show my support as usual, my man. And, uh, I, I, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> um, I was just listening to a couple of things that you said. And uh, what do you think? about the Denver wide receiving core being demoted uh, in uh, fantasy football. Uh, Denver? Yes. Uh, Most people uh, do not, well, fantasy anyway, uh, have Demarius as a number two wide receiver and Emmanuel Sanders as the number three wide receiver compared to last year when they were one and two. What do you think about the drop-off, and do you really think that Trevor Simeon 
is going to have a good year, uh, despite the fact that uh, Denver is going to have to depend on their defense to keep the score very low. Well, let me put it this way. The the Denver uh, uh, philosophy, Gary Kubrick's philosophy, is to run the football. Um, he he did that when he was with the Texans, and he, he has carried it over uh, to Denver. So because they have a young quarterback that has only taken really one snap, and that was a kneel down in the NFL. So he basically have a rookie quarterback, uh, even though he's been around for a few seasons as a uh, just uh, as an understudy, so to speak. Uh, they're going to want to want to run the football. Uh, Trevor Simeon is a unknown. You don't know what what you're going to get until the to the real bulls fly. Uh, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people, including myself, have downgraded uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Now, as in relationship to being a two and a three, uh, you know what? In my opinion, is this because I think that Trevor Simeon has a better rapport with Emmanuel Sanders, believe it or not, than with Demarius Thomas. And rather than put both of Demarius Thomas as a two and Emmanuel Sanders as a three, I put the, both of them as a two uh, for the simple reason I think that because uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be playing a, um, inside for the most part, I would, get, I would gather, and, and uh, make plays more plays in the middle of the field than Demarius Thomas. Uh, it's a better read and an easier read for the quarterback and Trevor Simeon to, to get the ball to Emmanuel Sanders versus Demarius Thomas on the outside. Um, so I, you got to downgrade him because you don't know what you're going to you, you, you don't know what you're going to get uh, and, until you you see the real bulls fly. And this is going to be a, a very good test for Trevor Simeon because he's going against a, a, a top flight defense. Uh, a very uh, pressure-packed defense with a lot of um, defensive schemes that can confuse a, a young quarterback. So this is going to be a really big test on the fire for the uh, um, for the um, Trevor Simeon. The one redeeming factor is that he's home, not on the road, so he's not facing a hostile crowd. He's facing a friendly crowd, um, and he'll be a little bit more of a comfort level for him to try to um, uh, go against a defense that wants to rip his head off, so to speak. Uh, but I, I, until you get some tape, some Bible tape, you got to downgrade him uh, because the fact is he hasn't taken a viable slap, I mean snap, in the NFL. So, he, it, like I said, he's essentially a rookie quarterback, um, and even though he's been around for a while. And that's, that's why – so-called experts have been downgrading the two wide receivers, and that's why I'm downgrading the wide receiver myself. Now, just just so you know that I think that the surprise guy that may benefit from this a young quarterback, and I've always said this, if you listen to me, James, I've always said this, the best friend of a young, inexperienced quarterback, just like Trevor Simeon or a rookie is the tight end. Virgil Green is a starting tight end for the Denver Broncos. So I expect Virgil Green to get a lot of play in the middle of the field because he's an easy, easy throw and easy read for a young quarterback. Uh, 
is this a make it or break it season for CJ Anderson? Ooh, ooh. Um, he's got Devontae Booker, who, Booker, who's got a lot of confidence behind him that he didn't come here to be a backup. I think that's one of the first things he said when he uh, hit the ground on, on Denver. So uh, is it a make or break? Well, let me put it this way. C.J. Anderson needs to stay healthy for one. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a very good running back. Uh, it's hard to stay healthy. Uh, running backs, you know, are in a collision sport. They're you know, linebackers or whoever else. Everybody wants to hit a, hit a running back. So uh, for the most part, they, uh, they get nicked up quite a bit. And uh, I wouldn't say it's a make or break, um, but uh, all eyes will be on C.J. Anderson uh, to do well and to carry over what he did at near the end of the last year into this season uh, and, and be the number one back. Uh, I know Gary Kubiak is a – won't be afraid if C.J. Anderson is not performing to uh, take him out because I think they have a lot of confidence in Devontae Booker. Um, but C.J. Anderson is the first up to be the starting running back, and uh, we'll have to see how it fares out. I, I expect him to, to to play a fair amount of games. Quite naturally, I think he's going to get nicked up, and uh, Devontae Booker is going to get some play. But until they, the real bullets fly, you never know how things are going to pan out until they do. Well, all right, my man. Uh, you have a very good day. Like I said, just drop in to show some support. Uh, to, uh, I, I appreciate it. Guys, so uh, you uh, have a good day. I know it's almost time for you to sign off. So, uh, yep. and, uh, doing what you're doing. So, have a good day, my man. Hey, I think I uh, appreciate your call, man. It's always good, always a pleasure when you call me, and uh, uh, you know where I'm at. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right, people. Let's uh, move on. And uh, uh, that was a nice phone call. I always get get the pleasure of James calling me and and we having a conversation. We've had several conversations on on football, fantasy football, and also on the political spectrum. Uh, Always value his his insight and his his knowledge and um, the conversation. Uh, We got... uh, about four and a half minutes left in, the, in, in left in this game, which is the master plan. And uh, getting back to the Carolina Panthers. Like I said, I think this is a low-scoring game. Now, they could, they, they, could, they could get balls to the wall and everybody's throwing football all around and scoring touchdowns all around. But I, I can't see that. I see that these defenses are going to stifle their offenses. Cam Newton, I think it's just style makes fights. I think Cam Newton cannot get over the Denver Broncos defense. Plain and simple, regardless of how much he wants to, regardless of all the positive attitude, regardless if they play hurry up, regardless of they they, they um, um, get get into the running whatever they are, whatever. I think Cam Newton going against this defense and Wade Phillips and the way he moves his players in a position to best uh, offset whatever. Uh, Carolina and Cam Newton are trying to do is not going to have a good day. I, I, you know, and it's not because I'm going against guys that have Cam Newton in fantasy football. This is how I see it. This is how I see it. Um, you know, of course, I want to win every matchup. Of course. 
Anybody who plays fantasy football wants to win. What's the sense of playing it if you don't want to win? Come on. But I don't see a lot of fantasy goodness in this game. If if anything, if anything, I see two tight ends. Greg Olson, and yes, I'm giving you a little nugget here. Virgil Green. Remember that name. I'm going to mention him again on Thursday. Virgil Green, starting tight end. You've heard me say it in so many times in talking about fantasy. So many times talking about fantasy. The best friend for a young, experienced quarterback, whether it's rookie or young quarterback, is a tight end. A tight end. A a capable tight end. Got to be capable and be able to, doesn't have a, a hand, hands of stone. Virgil Green doesn't have hands of stone. Greg Olson doesn't have hands of stone. So I think those two players, middle of the field, easy throws, quick get rid of the football type of throws for a quarterback, are going to have um, good days. I, I, I really believe that. And that's my first sleeper. That I'm putting out there, Virgil Green, tight end. Had draft last week. I mean, excuse me, had a draft yesterday. I was, I'm the commissioner of this draft, family league. I didn't take a tight end until the 11th round. I think it was the 11th round, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and the reason I didn't take a tight end, because there's the two, two tight ends that I, I, I really targeted. They're not big-name tight ends, but I think because of the offenses or the circumstance will be tight ends that are going to be used, utilized a lot. And I'm trying to get to this draft real quick and, and to let you know when I took my tight end. I took my tight end, Jesse James, in the – Fourteenth round, Pittsburgh Steelers. Heath Miller, remember Heath Miller? He used to be the best friend for Ben Roethlisberger. Jesse James is in our offense, uh, missing pieces, uh, especially Le'Veon Bell early in the season, especially this game against the uh, uh, um, Skins. I like Jesse Jesse James. Virgil Green is another one of those guys uh, that I like. Didn't pick him up. Realized it after I didn't pick him up that I should have, and uh, when the waiver wire opens, I'll be picking up Virgil Green. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday when I start talking about fantasy football full force. And uh, have a nice Labor Day Monday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.